to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. And I'm Lauren, coming in surly. The best kind of Lauren. (laughs) She's often surly, isn't she? Lauren's angry and she's gonna talk about it. Well, hmm. let's start with a poem, I guess. (laughs) You are so, uh, you're over the cold open. Uh, Yeah, I am. Well, okay, so here's like the unrelated bit of why I am grumpy and it has to do with kittens. So, uh, yesterday I got some new foster kittens. They're more like cattens. I think they're about four months old. They're three ginger boys, and uh, they're for me to help socialize. Which which cats are worse, boys or girls? There's there's not really a difference. So it's not like people, okay. No, I mean, I guess I would say that, like, mess-wise, male kittens are a little harder to deal with, but personality-wise, I don't, there's no real preference or difference. Gotcha. That's not to say that male and female kittens don't have, like, a range of personalities that tends to be somewhat particular to male or female. But, like, with humans, it's, like, there's a really great range within the personalities as well. I mean, but within the gender. Not gender. Cats don't have gender. They are cats. They are not humans. (laughs) Anywho. The kittens were really sweet this morning, so I let them out of their kennel. And now they have been hiding under the couch. And I haven't been able to get them out. And it's a beautiful day in Portland. And it's going to be one of the last beautiful days that we have for a while. And I haven't left the living room very much because I know that they're going to go pee on stuff. And so I've just been watching the couch like a hawk all day. And I don't like that very much. So what is the solution to getting the kittens out from the couch? Well, either chasing them down, which will be traumatic for everybody, or just eventually bribing them out with food. Churu. My solution would be to sort of tilt the couch and just retrieve them one by one. What what would be the downsides in that? Oh, they'll run. Okay, gotcha. They will not all three be under there when you get the couch up. In fact, by the time you get the couch up, they will probably not be under there. All right. So I presume that your poem has nothing to do with kittens. It doesn't. All right. I'm Today I am reading Flag. One star is for Alaska. One star is for Nebraska. One star is North Dakota. One star is Minnesota. There are lots of other stars, but I forget which ones they are. And that's because we're recording on 9-11, 20 years after the Twin Towers, attack on the Twin Towers, and we withdrew from Afghanistan, which was the first resulting war from (laughs) the attack on the Twin Towers back in 2001. And so I've been doing a lot of thinking about flags and what they signify and how much our response to Lion 11 made the world so much more, so much worse than it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And on flags, whenever I see more than just a, you know, normal sized American flag, you know, the kind that someone might have on a flagpole, I just assume that the person is a terrible human being. Okay. And what a weird thing that is to see uh, an, a national symbol and just immediately associate it with terribleness. Do you think it's just because it's been so co-opted? I don't know if co-opted is the right word. Maybe it was always this kind of instrument. The largest American flags that I can think of are usually attached to car dealerships. <laughs> well, they might be sketchy people too. But those are usually comedic in size. Right. Like I've had 
when I was in the States, I would have visitors from other countries being like, why are those flags so big? Is that a government building? It's like, no, that is a car dealership. Well, <laughs> the football field size <laughs> flag. That's what I mean. Is that anybody who, if it isn't a government building and it has a large flag, I immediately feel very suspicious about them. And that's because it's usually meant to indicate that unbridled patriotism, as denoted by the size of one flag is uh, indicative that they don't care about other people. And it's it's so amazing that those two things are connected. Why so? They shouldn't, like, a flag and someone being terrible shouldn't be connected. Like, But it is a reliable indicator that someone doesn't care that we invaded a country and killed a lot more people than were killed in 9-11, and that they don't care that we invaded another country that had absolutely nothing to do with it and pretended they were the same country, or that the patriotism after the sort of, the, the very patriotism, and it was called the Patriot Act, was just taking away so many of our fundamental so rights. good. And we'll never get those back. We're always going to be, like, seen naked by machinery every time we go through the airport or fondled and we used to be able to like give people hugs at their gates and things like that and we're just we're never going to get any of that i don't know warmth and human decency back it would be interesting what is the over under on finding someone that has at least eight american flags flying and giving them a map of the United States. Oh, I see one. One of the kittens has gotten, has ran free. Yeah. The over-under on finding someone with like 85 American flags and giving them a map of the United States and asking them to label every state. Hmm. Well, that could be just sort of a, I mean, I guess there is a link between education and... and blind patriotism. Blind patriotism. But, you know, I'm sure there are lots of... I, I, probably that it, it's sort of like there are people who... Blind patriots are probably less likely to be able to label all the states. However, not everybody who's unable to label all the states would be a blind patriot because some of them just wouldn't have access to good education or would be a recent immigrant. Certainly. I have found in my own personal experience that immigrants make way better citizens than citizens do. Oh, oh, oh yeah. So definitely. It's like if I see someone, you know, breaking into a Tim Hortons at 4 a.m., they are not an immigrant. <laughs> How often do you see that? Well, I live in Vancouver, and so I get a news story about it on my feed every other day. Yeah, but you don't see it. Like, people are getting... Well, I'm, I'm getting... also not out at 4 a.m. That's true. And you would be really fun to have this conversation with, because, you know, I could take it in a darker direction, where it's like, if I go down to, you know, um, pick your houseless park du jour, where I think j just now they cleared out Crab Park, the population of native-born Canadians to immigrants in the homeless park is 10 to 0. Hmm. It's like, there are no immigrants living there. It's like, these are all natural-born citizens. I don't think it's the same uh, for the U.S. always. Mm. But I'm not going to go farther than that because I don't have any numbers or anything to really back that up. I don't know either. I know that the majority of, of houseless individuals are single white men. Well, I think sure we've been... something we've, to be... We've been over this In before. Canada. In, yeah. Not in the States, in Canada. Yeah. But also, we, I think we've been over that a lot of times women will double up with family or something like that rather than living on the streets. And so houselessness might is more prominent than is recorded for, for women and families. Uh, um, uh, well, good to see we got off to a sunny start yeah. with this one. <laughs> and it's interesting, like, 
and the thing is that like Bush and 9-11 is we have more people dying per day of COVID on average per day here in the United States than we're lost in 9-11. Yeah. And 9-11 was 3,000 people. Now it's 3,000 people per day. And, and the thing is that the response to 9-11 directly led to where we are today with the COVID response. It is not a jump to say that we would not have as many people dying of COVID now as we did, uh, you know, if we had never had the Bush presidency and the response to 9-11. Imagine if right at the outset, like Trump had marketed and used MAGA masks. Mm-hmm. What there were, there are MAGA masks. From art school. No, I know, but Trump never wore one. Mm. Mm-hmm. What if the dear leader at that moment had, like, what kind of different world would it be? That's Hitler getting rejected from art school kind of territory. The way 9-11 resulted in as many deaths as we have now has to do with the way that we demanded people not question things anymore. Mm. And that we go along with whatever our dear leader says no matter what. And that the way the news reported things without questioning the information they were given well that's also kind of a fun slippery slope because the the right would say the same thing about like vaccine mandates yeah i know that's how we got here yeah don't don't question what you're being told oh well and i'm not saying uh, yeah, and I see what, to I all see listeners what, no. I, I go along with mask mandates right. uh, and vaccine mandates i am vaccinated everyone should be but the right is going to use that same argument right but i guess that i, I find that puzzling in some way because who like who doesn't question things did i if someone just said hey here's a vaccine put it in your arm i would be like who are you what no because i would want to know more information about it but, i wouldn't but have taken... because the entire medical community said so well yeah and also there's you know evidence that the vaccine works and it's we're getting more and more evidence every single day like there i can kind of understand the people who are hesitant i could understand hesitancy i cannot I don't understand how at this point you can still be hesitant. <sighs> Do you believe any of the 9-11 conspiracies? You'll have to give me some specifics on that one. I don't know. I The only one I can find that I still kind of believe in a little bit is that uh, the U.S. someone in the government pro- intelligence community probably knew that, ni- that the attack on the Twin Towers was going to happen and they found it an awful, awfully politically convenient and didn't do anything about it. I think somebody knew it was going to happen. I think uh, going beyond that is speculative. Yeah. It's sort of like the Epstein didn't kill himself right. thing. Like, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think he did kill himself, but I think that every single person was told to look the other way. Mm-hmm. Fair. Well, I mean, that would be exactly what I was talking about, though, if like they knew that 9-11 was going to happen and they were like, oh, just look the other way. It's not like I think that the U.S. had anything to do with planning the attack or, or anything like that. I'm not, don't believe that, but the, I do believe that somebody may have known about it and thought it would be a, nice for a war. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am chuckling. Nah. Well, I have a poem for All you. All right, let's hear yours. My poem is Bang Clang. All right. And, and and the reason I chose this has absolutely nothing to do with 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 nine eleven or conspiracy theories or Q or Trump or or anything like well, that. Well, nobody really needs to hear me speculating on a bunch of unproven stuff. Well, here we go. Bang clang. 
I'm Big Barney Zang of the Railroad Gang. My partner is Charlie O'Flynn. And I hold the nails for the big steel rails. And Charlie, he hammers them in. And most of the time, he does just fine. But now and again, he fails. Maybe tomorrow, I'll hammer them in and let Charlie hold the nails. And uh, the image is a, a railroad worker with a uh, tremendous, what I presume to be a railroad spike, through his head. Let me guess what you're going to talk about. Y- you may guess. Phineas Gage? Of course I'm talking about Phineas Gage. I thought you would probably talk about Phineas Gage. And the reason he was on my mind is because I've been listening to some podcasts recently with one of my favorite Irish comedians, who is Dar O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And Dar O'Brien had a little bit of a fascination with Phineas Gage and a great bit surrounding him. And uh, so for, the, for, for those who weren't aware, Phineas Gage was a railroad worker who um, was uh, using a long iron bar to tamp in uh, explosives to uh, shape areas to lay down rails for the railroad. And uh, while tamping one down, he was distracted and... Uh, the explosive went off and blew a large bore metal spike directly up the back of his face. So it entered in between his neck and chin and traveled up through his skull behind his face, kind of uh, right behind, I believe it was his left eye, and out the top of his head. Yeah, and the picture of him holding the spike, you can see that his eye is, uh, his left eye is pretty much gone. Yes, his left eye was permanently damaged, as well as his brain, as well as a number of other things. The, it, it, went, it went through. It went clean through, in and out. It went in his head and out his head again. And he was conscious and sitting up and talking on the scene, even though they were trying to hold the interior bits in. And uh, he kind of malingered for a while and uh, recovered. And they noticed... Uh, or it was noted at the time, that he underwent personality changes after this. Mm -hmm. And so it was theorized that because the frontal lobe of his brain was the primary thing that was damaged, that perhaps the seat of personality and memory and a number of other things probably lie in the frontal lobe of the brain. And that is a sensible hypothesis, but as Darrow Brian would say... totally incorrect. Or maybe... No, (laughs) it's not... Or maybe, as Dar would point out, it could be that an iron spike got <laughs> shot up behind his face, and now he can't taste steak anymore. <laughs> so maybe he had reason to undergo a couple of personality changes. I hear you. But yeah, messing up when your frontal lobe will really change your personality. I think one really big mess of a patient would be so. So you talked about someone. I think uh, the guy who ate everything. Oh yeah, Tarare. Yeah, that he had some sort of problem with probably his frontal lobe, and what was the other one? Oh no, he had a problem uh, with his the fear thing. Amygdala. Yeah, probably something amygdala based. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. So, I mean, I think that uh, in some ways, amygdala problems and prefrontal cor- and parental cortex problems can look can look somewhat similar in that you definitely have impulse control in both cases impulse control problems in both cases but in psych class i learned about people who have had their uh, corpus callosum cut for mm. it's usually a treatment a treatment for seizures 
Uh, and in that case, uh, the right brain and the left brain will generally coordinate with each other, but apparently when people get tired, they won't always cooperate. Uh, and one of the professors was telling a story about a patient who would try to read and they would be reading and the side of the brain with the most language center would be like, oh, great, this is cool. And then the other side of the brain would shut the book because it I was it was tired and wanted to go to sleep. So the brains are cooperating, but I can imagine that if you were both had a problem with a split in your corpus callosum and frontal cor- prefrontal cortex damage, that uh, you would have the brains would not cooperate so well. This was uh, famously depicted in Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, where the titular character Doctor Strange Love does suffer from alien hand syndrome. That's true. Uh, where. In this case, his right arm does things that he doesn't want it to do, such as giving the Nazi salute at inappropriate times. That's a good point. They never discuss why, though. But uh, let's see. Alien hand syndrome is documented in cases where the person has the two hemispheres of their brain surgically separated. It can also show up in brain injury, stroke, infection, tumor, aneurysm, migraine, Alzheimer's disease, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob, and a number of other terrible things. Your kittens are playing fierce. I know. I like want to... God damn it. Go get them. Well, I'm going to get them, and I but I want to put them back in their kennel so I can, like... I'll do a play-by-play. Okay. All right. Okay, uh, here we go. I don't see any of them anymore. They went under the blue thing. Yeah. There's I'll... a baby blue thing on a chair behind you. Oh, they're on the chair? Okay, I'll give it a shot. Okay, here we go. All right, Lauren is removing her headphones and is going after these kittens. Looks like she's trying to sneak up on them, and she has unveiled... Oh, she seems to be cooing at them or speaking nicely. And she has swiped at one that ran away, or seemed to. And looks like she's given up the chase, and now she's back. Well, now they're all back under the couch. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll be pleased that we got a play-by-play on that one. Great. Are you aware of the Marble League? Excuse me? I feel it necessary to talk about this with a lot of people now, because I have learned of it. The Marble League, I encourage everyone to, I will link this, uh, to look it up on YouTube. One of them's back. He's back. He's he's far away. He's far away from the couch. I see him. He's far away from the couch. You can get him. I'm not going to be able to get him. He's far away from the couch. I'm not going to be able to get him. Okay. He's too fast. The, <laughs> the Marble League uh, finished up its latest season, Marble League 2021, as of yesterday. And uh, you'll be pleased to know that Mellow Yellow took home the gold. And Marble League is a competition where marbles compete in events and you're probably saying russ are these when you say marble you mean a glass bead that rolls across the ground to which i reply yes russ how do marbles compete in competitions well you put them behind a starting block and you raise a chalk and they roll and they roll to compete in endurance events and sometimes it's balance and sometimes it's speed and sometimes it's Fall time, it is mindless and strange, and I'm kind of glad that it exists because it feels like the reason the internet should be. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I've never seen it. It sounds perfectly boring, but I'm glad there are such pointless things on the internet. So just for just for edification, here is a uh, clip. So this is the balance beam, or balancing as they call it in the competition for Marble League, and I'm interested to get your thoughts. An old favorite moves us on to round two of the 2021 Marble League, 
hosted by the Crazy Cat's Eyes. Hey everybody, I'm Greg Woods. Welcome to a test of precision and teamwork in balancing. This is an event that has been in quite a few Marble Leagues over time. In fact, four different teams have two medals to their name in this very event. And you can see that specter of the wave back behind them. If you want to make some redemption happen, you're going to have to do it literally in the shadow of that wave. The red attendance will give us an example here. Several will splay off to the sides, but the goal is to keep down that red center line and end up in the green for a tidy 130 points. All of the distance totals will be added together, and there is how it will shake out for the end results. And look at the crowd. Half of them probably eyes on that trophy there the first time they see it. When you see it in person, it is pretty stunning. The stadium's pretty great. <laughs> the spectators are all marbles. The trophy is a marble. Uh, but a big marble. That's like putting Andre the Giant on a stick and being like, here's your prize. I am your prize, Hulk Hogan. Russ, what am I doing? <laughs> here's the best part. You sort of obtained a moment of clarity right there. <laughs> you realized that you were spellbound <laughs> by watching marbles roll down a ramp. I, I don't think it's the marbles rolling down the ramp so much as the like the marble stand-ins for humans that are like with their signs and they're cheering and the, <laughs> they're like VIP booths and it's weird. Doesn't it feel like you've entered into some strange parallel reality? It does. Everyone's a marble. <laughs> and then when a mama marbles out at the mall and loses their little baby marbles, help, I've lost my marbles. 